This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, previously known as WTF Waikato, until it was censored by Facebook. Don't worry, this is still the exact same radio show and podcast that you're familiar with, taking a look at the quirkier people, groups and interests in the region. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Airsoft is a competitive team sport that is very similar to paintball. It provides players with a form of exercise, a way to develop skills and teamwork, camaraderie, and allows them to make new friends. Needless to say, it's a bit controversial in this day and age, but airsoft players say that's because of misunderstandings and misconceptions. Two members of Airsoft Waikato Incorporated approached WTS for the opportunity to inform people more about the sport. I'm uh, Mark Willoughby, often known as Tin Man, and I got into Airsoft word of mouth. A friend dragged me along. He vanished after a couple of games later, and I ended up sticking around for coming up on eight years now. Um, I'm Simon Mills. Uh, people in the Airsoft community pretty much know me only as Jackal. Um, to say Simon Mills, people don't know me. Uh, I've been involved for about 15 years at this point. Can't really remember how I got into it. Uh, Got shot in the ass by a mate from school and been hooked ever since, I suppose. What is it about uh, Airsoft which has really has really piqued your interest and kept it? Teamwork. Yeah, the whole teamwork, team building aspect side of things. Um, you get out there with a bunch of people that you don't know and you build a um, cohesive unit that um, can pull off some pull off some pretty impressive tactics at times just off the cuff with no real training or anything um, it, yeah there's always a sense of accomplishment at the end of a day well at the end of a good day you do have you do have some bad days where you feel like you're not not on top of your game but um, on the good days you definitely feel like a sense of accomplishment you've you've gone out and done something you've got some exercise and you've had fun while doing it mm. there's that there's there's also it's largely as guys playing it, but there seem and there seems to be something that maybe it's not just guys who get this one. It's that you become really good friends with people who you are having to compete against and with and alongside. And it's quite possible, and I think quite probable that for a lot of things for guys is that if you're not fighting them, sometimes they're not really your buddy. And you get that a lot through airsoft. Is that the people you're shooting are the people you make really good friendships with? Airsoft has been around for years and years. Um, started the early 80s, I believe. Um, started primarily in Japan, because Japan's not allowed real firearms. Um, their civilians are only limited to a one-joule rating, which um, is not a whole hell of a lot, to be honest. So it started in Japan. The 
early 80s and it's just grown grown and grown and grown so you've shown me uh the pallets here and mm. they've rolled around on the desk and yep. tried to get tried to escape into every goes. little crevice that they possibly could mm. they're incredibly incredibly demure little things aren't they they're just and little six millimeter ball bearings sort of thing and you see them all over the field and you see them in the car park where someone's knocked their container over and they're as innocent as anything they're as innocent as fallen snow but they are coming at you 100 meters a second and they can sting a little 100 meters a second that is pretty significant yeah and 100 meters minimum usually mm. wow you, you get you get some that are doing 200 200 plus um if you're going up against a couple of snipers that can hurt does it give you sort of a a thrill the idea that in the conflicts that you're having you are literally escaping or receiving pain that's it's sort of a in sense in some ways it's a bit of oh i did that wrong i shouldn't do that again but sometimes it's it's just something there to help boost your adrenaline sometimes and you'll hear it hitting your your gear or you're hearing it hitting your clothing maybe you'll you'll have one brush your ear or something like that and it does wake you up quite a bit yeah in the middle of a game you don't generally feel it your adrenaline's really pumping high Mm. um and it's it's like putting a rubber band on your wrist pulling it out about 10 centimeters and letting it go it stings about the same amount for the most part there's always tender shots yeah there's always tender shots back of the knees places where the skin's thin like across the forehead elbows they they can sting a bit um a few scars the adrenaline can get really really high when you're not actually being shot at as well i think the most thrilling part is actually sitting somewhere very close to someone but them not knowing you're there you're known um, for that yeah um so like you can see them and you're almost within arm's reach of them but um they don't know you're there that's that's got to be the most thrilling part that I've come across. And normally we go for a few games, so you've got your um, Capture the Flag, or you've got a King of the Hill type game, or you've got a um, Push the Enemy Back Past a Certain Point, or and that's basically sort of training and a little bit of um, fun and what you do for something like a staff, just getting out and having a bit of a blast. But you can have a more complicated system. Uh, we've got one coming up in a couple of weeks' time, about a about you go out there with all your gear for the day all your lunch all your ammunition all your batteries all your gas whatever you need and you establish yourself at your base and then you've got a set amount of time to accomplish a a number of objectives and that's it you don't leave the field of play all day it's uh, generally called a milsim military simulation and so there's the skirmishes and then there's the milsim some of which can be known to go overnight or for multiple days in some cases we're not quite that hardcore yet, mm-hmm. but we do have. We mostly do the skirmishes, but we're trying to move into uh, milsims as well. Speaking of uh, milsims, are people actually involved in airsoft who have been uh, involved in the military? Yes, yep. there was a club in the Waikato um, that were known as SWAT, the South Waikato Airsoft Team. I believe two of the guys that used to run that were ex-military I think one of them has actually gone back to the military can't say names or anything for obvious reasons but yeah I know people that are currently playing that are um, territorial soldiers as well so that's definitely an aspect of it 
it's yeah it's a lot of the same thing it's a lot of the team bonding a lot of the squad sort of mentality yeah our skirmish games are very much a skill skill building game teaching people how to communicate to their team if you're not communicating your team doesn't move so you've got to keep communicating to your team if you've got fire coming in from say off to you or 11 o'clock you've actually got to tell that to your team so they know where the fire's coming from it's very much a skill building team building communication building exercise hey he's over there behind that tree doesn't, doesn't do work in a bush when there's a whole lot of trees which tree and then it's also about um learning decent communication um communication styles communication um like syntax uh. he's to my 12 um which is a really big pet peeve of mine i'm looking this way but you're looking 90 degrees off me i've now got to look at you to see where your 12 is if you um work on the team's team's progress path and work off that that's a better way of communicating your team now knows that it's off the team's off the team's one o'clock or off the team's eleven o'clock um that the fire's coming in from so it's about learning how to communicate in such a way that everybody can grasp the information as fast as possible use that information and help their team succeed generally the team that communicates better is the one that wins the most you can be the best shot in the game, but if you've got no one there supporting you because they haven't, you haven't been able to tell them what's going on, or they don't know where to look, then it doesn't matter. Sooner or later, even the worst shot, a bunch of the worst shots in the world will eventually take out one or two good players. If, if they're not they throw these. enough bodies at it, they can accomplish anything. Yeah, <laughs> Russian style. It works yeah. sometimes. Now, Mark, we have one of the guns here on mm. the desk in the studio, which yeah. I see you've just, just casually just brought along. <laughs> And I understand now why you two didn't want to get your guns out outside when we were um, when we were taking photographs for social media. That's hard to explain to a passerby, isn't it? Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yes, indeed. We um, no, we treat them as much as possible like the real thing. Um, if I was to carry what I'd have on the pistol on the moment on the desk is a pistol, just I'm not going to go into the specifics of it, but it's it's black, it looks lethal, um, and unless you know ex- a lot about the sport, well, you know about the sport, you're going, not going to be able to tell the difference uh, between this and the real thing. This particular model doesn't actually exist in real life. Yeah, it's they 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 have the weight to it. They make all the noises. They have all the moving parts on the uh, exter- on the exterior. And that's part of the fun of it, is that instead of a game like paintball, where you have, by and large, something which looks like a toy, these things don't look like toys. And there is there is a small thrill to that, definitely. But that's not why we do Airsoft. That's, the looks is nice, but the, they work a lot more efficiently. Um, because they use a solid projectile, we can get longer range out of them with some various tricks. And it's for a lot of people, it's the handling of something which we have for the guys who've had the military training. It's something which they've been taught to use, and that's a big that's a big um, a bonus for them as well. It's it's come up um it's come up quite often where um, training's training no matter where you get it. Um, the guys that are on leave from the military like some of them like playing airsoft because everything's one to one. It's all same same models, same weight, um, and that. The repetition keeps the muscle memory there so they can go back into it and they haven't lost any skill or they haven't lost as much skill. Um, no, there was a video I've seen floating around on the internet of a um, Japanese airsofter going to the States and shooting a real firearm for the first time in his life. He's 
actually keeping up with the guys that do speed shooting. When you mention muscle memory, I get the impression that we're into quite a lot of time of training or practice before you sort of move up in the game. Not really. Um, anybody can pick up a gun. Um, whether you can shoot it or not remains remains a question. But anybody can pick up a gun and with minimal tutoring or minimal guidance can be an effective person on an airsoft team. Rounds down range is all that matters sometimes. Um, all you have to do is put rounds near them um, just to keep keep the heads down um so anybody's effective with one um the muscle memory comes from like my 15 years i've done a lot of um a lot of time just reloading drills uh, mag out mag in mag out mag in mag out mag in just to get used to the specific gun i'm using not everybody does that i know guys that will pack their guns away in their bags get home store their bags and they won't touch it until the next game they might not have a place to do any drills because, as we were just saying, they look so real. Um, anybody that sees it is going to lose their um, collective. So muscle memory can help you when you're really getting into a competitive stage, but by and large it's not needed. It's just another thing in the toolbox, so to speak, mm. um, something that you can use um, to your advantage on the field. All you're after is a fun time. You don't need yep. to be. You don't need to be trained. You don't need to be drilled. You don't need to live it day in, mm. day out to have fun at airsoft. Oh no, airsoft is separate and different to paintball. How would you um, describe the the differentiation for our listeners to understand? Um, I wouldn't say it's another level. We play pretty much the same game, same game types. It's just um, with our six mil pellets. Um, being solid, we can actually impart a backspin on them which generates a bit of lift, like a curveball in baseball. Um, when you spin the ball fast enough, the ball gets a curve on it. Um, we put a backspin which generates a lift which causes our bullet to travel further. Um, can't do that with paintball because the paint um, undulates and flexes as it's flying through the air and throws it off course. If you've ever played paintball, you try and fire at something quite often and your paintballs bugger off in all random directions. <laughs> The other other thing is um, we're shooting six mil quarter gram pellets instead of I think they're twelve mil. Yeah, I think they're about double the size and about ten times the weight. So whereabouts are the sites where you play airsoft in the Waikato? That's kind. Of, we don't want to or give the too top much. secret, of course. Don't want to give too much away, but it's not so much top secret. It's just um, we play on other people's private property, um, so we'd rather not give away that. Um, but we can generalise. We've got a place out um, out Raglan Way and a place just south of um, Cambridge out Carapiro Way. Pretty much, the, um, yeah. the Raglan one's pretty much just a bunch of trees. We yeah. play in a bun- amongst, amongst a bunch of trees with um, some very uh, uneven ground. It's very up and down hilly sort of ground um, with maximum deviation maybe about five metres. Carapiro uh, is quite open over most of the place, but there is a fairly dense section through it as well of yeah. just dense native trees land that hasn't been converted to farmland because it's either too steep or um yeah too steep or just not done anything with cows keep falling off yeah <laughs> yeah 
do you feel like you've developed um, degrees of physical fitness to be able to, uh, yeah, make make your way around the landscape and stuff, uh, and and out of the way of um, of of fire? Yes, it is. It is possible to dodge airsoft BBs. It's been known to happen. And watching, you can see them coming. You can see them coming. And watching uh, Jackal here do the can can while dodging out of the way is quite amusing. Some days, on slow yeah, we've done that <laughs> yeah, um, a few times. But I'm general. I'm generally known as being too sneaky to have any fitness. Well, um, on the other hand, some of us are pushing are a little older than we'd like to admit and just have to keep ahead of the younger guys. So um, there was a time not that long ago when I was doing half marathons to try and stay ahead. I was getting pretty fast. How'd but, that go for you? Well, I ended up uh, injuring my foot long, long after I ran one, and that's all gone now. Yeah. But yes, you definitely do build up your fitness. At, that you can either do airsoft for, uh, for your exercise or you can exercise for airsoft and if you do the latter you're definitely going to outperform anyone who's doing the fir- the former it's so. a di- it's a different sort of exercise at the end of the day as well um yes. most most um people see exercises going for a run down the road or going for a run in the park um it's like where we play airsoft it's not flat mm. you you are using a different set of muscles mm. um I remember when I first started playing um, at Karapara, my legs hurt quite a lot afterwards. I was not kind to myself. I would sprint up and down the hills and, yeah, you felt it the next day. Um, I can know that one. And and speaking of that, what are some of the injuries both of you have experienced? For Airsoft personally, um, the worst I would have would just be impact craters on a bone or past where they when they're traveling past you they tend to tear at the skin rather than just thud into you and that, that my experience that one being overshot by a player in a game i was riffing uh led to a, a bit of a scar which is wasn't me pre- no i know i know who it was it wasn't you <laughs> might have been me another time but it wasn't me that time <laughs> that's that's the worst injuries i've had from airsoft we have known people just in the nature of the terrain where people are moving around excitedly not long ago one of our newer members was decidedly brave and dove across the p- a path in Raglan. Ended up scraping his shin, for which he is now known. We were concerned he'd broken it. Yeah, he but, hit a tree on the way down. But as oh. as you know, you know, striking your shin on something with no padding there is always fun. Yeah, and that's he just ended up walking it off. He was fine the next day. Um, my worst has got to be the three three round headshot. Yeah. Seeing blood. I was doing my sneaky sneaky. I was in a ghillie suit with a sniper rifle and hiding in some long grass, like crawling through some long grass trying to get um, a knife kill so a knife kill you use a rubber knife and you just butter people with it you don't stab them um, but no. yeah I was, I was trying to be sneaky sneaky and creep up on someone and stab them because I didn't want people to know I was there and um, I can't remember what gave me away because it's all a blur from about that point on where um jump turned around pulled the trigger three times and all three rounds right in the forehead and the forehead was just split open that's probably been about the worst there's no scar now. No, there's no scar. <laughs> just, yeah. I think you need a degree, a small degree of masochism to be able to go out there and play yourself. It's a, a, a certain preparation to take a bit of damage. But you no, enjoy giving people jump scares, you'll enjoy yourself. Yes. That having said it's, that, yeah. it will train you out of jump scares. My wife and I went down to the Fear Factory in Wellington, and it did nothing for me. It's after a while just being in a, a tactical situation like an airsoft you just you oh, know where it's going to come from it, oh, hey it's I see a perfect point for somebody to jump from oh look there he is yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the same thing with me when I went to um, Spookers a couple of years ago um, same thing it was just you can just shrug it off <laughs> there 
and there and yeah hey you, dude nice outfit yeah yeah. It's, yeah it's definitely taken the edge off airsoft and use of firearms like this is obviously uh, controversial at the moment would you want to talk a bit about that about um, what sort of challenges airsoft is facing so we all know what happened a couple of years ago. We don't really need to go into that. There was a collective agreement by the people at the time who were running our club that, all right, we're going to put a harder line down on our parents going to and from games. Um, keep your BDU. So, like, we dress up in full camo. We look like soldiers at times. But um, we've put a we've tried to put as much of a stop to that as possible bring a change of clothes change when you leave games so you're not walking around in your BDUs um, BDU battle dress uniform we've moved a little bit towards more of a post-apocalyptic look and anyone at the Waikato show uh, in the last weekend will have seen that as well yeah. we're moving a bit some of us move a little away from the G.I. Joe look and go towards a bit more of the Mad Max uh, for those of you who were there and saw the scary mannequin person that's me we're reinforcing to all our members hey put stuff in bags put stuff in gun cases yeah. um, make sure it can't be seen go straight home take your stuff out lock it up store it away properly be responsible with your toys at the end of the day you see what's happen- happening in the states people are jumping to conclusions for little to no reason at times and it could get you shot like we're not talking shot with an airsoft gun we're talking shot with something that's going to kill you look after yourself look after your teammates look after your squad mates look after the club um, look after the sport just yeah. keep keep in mind that this stuff looks real for someone who is not not looking for it or someone who is unaware these things look like a one to one like these things look real they are generally one to one replicas and the other side of things is or well, police have brought in a requirement for any retailer selling an airsoft gun to receive proof of membership to a club, whether that be our club or club yeah. in Wellington or a club in Auckland, it doesn't matter. Just that you have a legitimate reason for owning it. Um, to bring them in from overseas, you need to go through an actual um, firearms permit process, like you would if it was a real gun, and also then provide your reason for wanting it to, for use at an airsoft game, and then provide proof of club membership. So you don't need firearms licenses, even though they're considered restricted air guns. You just need to follow permitting processes and proof of memberships. Do you find yourself having to explain yourselves to your friends and family for what you do, or do you sort of keep it on the down low a bit more? It depends. If I think that I'm going to be able to drag them out into the field, I'm happy to talk to them. But um, if it's someone who I'm pretty sure just is better off not knowing, then I'll just keep it under my hat. And it's it's... I might turn up to work with a couple of extra welts on somewhere uh, on Monday, but um, under your face, what happened there? Tripped. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I've been doing this a decade and a half now, pretty much half my life. Anybody who knows me, pretty much knows already. Have you faced any trouble with this, um, or are you just sort of? keeping on the down low and, 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 and managing to maintain that understanding. It's definitely better to be on the up and up with this. Yeah, in terms it's definitely of been on the, better to be on the up and up. Um, a couple of years back we, I had a meet, we, not long after I became current president of the club, I had a meeting with the arms officer just to explain what we're doing, you know, make sure, yeah, we've got to keep the communication going with the police, we've got things like that going on. We've got to make sure that we pass anything from that on as well. Um, we just want our members 
to be able to do this, but then we want them to be able to do it legally and to be able to do it safe. There's no informed. We're not we're not hiding under a rock. We, if we were, we're on we're about we're on radio. Yeah, we're not trying to hide this thing. This is fun. It's a good, healthy exercise. Builds team teamwork, and it's the fact that we the only downside of it is we use stuff which sadly does not look, which is misunderstood by a lot of people. Yeah, it has, a, it has a negative implication oh, depending yes, on who looks at it. Yes, indeed. In my time, I've known of a couple of incidents where people have um, thrown their guns in on the back seat and gone down the road to Burger King. Um, <laughs> when we used to have, when we used to play in Hamilton, it was a place in Hamilton we used to play, um, and at lunchtime, one of the guys chucked all his guns on his back seat, drove off down the road, didn't put a seatbelt on, got pulled over, cop looks in his window, uh, what have you got there? Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> um, he um, just left his hands on the steering wheel and just said to the cop, hey, uh, I'm not going to move. I'm keeping my hands here. I want you to pick it up and just look in the magwell because the magwell is the 100% gig giveaway of this is not real. There's a there's a definite difference in the magwell. Just so, clarify, that's the piece where the magazine goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're using a gas gun, then you've got an issue. Well, I can certainly say with all these <laughs> equipment you've got at the moment, it's just as well uh, the station manager who can watch the security cameras uh, knows what's going on here. <laughs> smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. <laughs> and this is what it's like. You get a couple of softers together. They start talking things. Out come the toys. They start taking them apart. Start talking about each other and just the modifications they've made and so on and so forth. And it is... Guys do the same thing with engines. Guys do the same thing with boats. Guys do the same thing with anything. It's just there's something about tinkering, which is just fun. Mm. My biggest thing is, uh, sure, we go out and we shoot each other for uh, six hours a day at times, or twelve hour games, or twenty four hour games. Heck, I even know of a thirty two hour game um, where you just get out in the field and you're just playing dress up soldier. It's a form of exercise that builds teamwork it really helps to develop camaraderie you you get to you get to know the people that you you play with you get to know the types of people that they are you get to know the way that people react and the way that people way that people think you learn you learn just a different skill set you build a lot of really close friends you we all yeah. ha- we all you end up being very very good friends with the people you play with you there and you come to really enjoy the time you spend together it's what you make it we're trying to make it as safe an environment as we can doing mm. a sport that replicates something that probably represents the worst of mankind but we do it in a way that i think makes us better people Thanks to Airsoft Waikato Incorporated members Tin Man and Jackal for being the subject of this episode of WTS Waikato. You can like the show on Facebook, follow it on Twitter, and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance, and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Do you know of a quirky person, group, or interest which you think would be worth covering on WTS Waikato? Are you passionate about anything in particular in the Waikato? Well then, you should contact me, Gary Farrow, on technician at freefm.org.nz or send me a message on the WTS Waikato Facebook page. It's good to be weird, let's talk about it. Thanks very much again for listening to WTS.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.